So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to, um, to the book of Habakkuk? And um, we're just going, I'm just going to use this as a, as a starting point this morning, and then we'll come back to it a little bit later in, in our message, Habakkuk chapter 3. And I know I touched on this scripture on Thanksgiving Eve for our Thanksgiving Eve service. Um, but this morning, I want to bring a message entitled, What Should We Do in 2021? What should we do in 2021? In fact, I was, I was going to go a whole different direction for this morning's message. And just at the start of the week, I just felt God prompting me to share some things with us this morning. Um, maybe some instruction for us today as we enter this new year. And so um, I want to begin with Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. And the prophet writes, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. In other words, when everything is going wrong, right? I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. For the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like, like of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And at the end of my, my, my portion, it says, for the director of music on my stringed instruments. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. So, Father, we um, bless you this morning and we thank you that as we have stepped into this new year, we know we have stepped into it with you by our side. And I pray, God, that you would show us what you would have us to do, how you would have us to live in this coming year. And so bless your word to us this morning. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, every year as we enter a new year, we do so, of course, filled with hopes and dreams and all kinds of expectations for what that new year will bring. We come to the new year believing that the coming year is going to be better than the one that just passed. And we do so for good reason. After all, we want to live with hope for the future, do we not? In fact, I, in fact, I know we would all be really glad, we would really love that to be the case for this coming year, for 2021 to be much better than 2020, right? In fact, it's not uncommon that churches and other organizations would come up with all kinds of slogans to get their constituency pumped up about the year to come. You know what I mean. You've seen it, um, it in different places. You know, this is going to be the year of victory. This is going to be the year of success, of health and wealth, of blessing and revival. This is going to be the year of the new you. And as we enter the new year, we want to do so kind of all pumped up, our adrenaline running, ready to cheer in the year to come, ready to start running into all the good things that we want to believe for. Well, like most years, you know, as we began 2020, everyone was talking about having 2020 vision for the new year. We did as well. For everyone was believing for a great year filled with the blessings of God. 2020 was going to be a turning point. 2020 was going to inaugurate a decade of, of, of victory, revival, and blessing. 2020, I saw the slogan, 2020, a year of plenty. At this point, however... After all we've been through, most people are more than glad to see 2020 fade into the distance, huh? 
For most people, families, businesses, churches, 2020 was not the year of success and victory they'd hoped for, but, but instead a year of difficulty, of stress, of sickness, even loss. 2020 became a year of great challenges and constant changes. Not that everything was bad, don't get me wrong. Not that nothing good took place, because we all know life is always a mix of the good and, and the bad, is it not? Right? But we have to admit 2020 was a difficult year. And here is the hard truth. The turning of the clock at midnight on December 31st to January 1st does not automatically undo or wipe away all of the difficulties at hand. Just because we've entered a new year doesn't mean the pandemic is over, all the political and racial divisions are erased, or that our economy is put back on its legs. The personal loss and grief that many experienced in 2020 is still with them, even as we've turned the clock into 2021. Not only that, but there is no guarantee that any one year is going to be all that much better than the year that preceded it. It may be. It may not be. But you see, we as people, we as humans, we have no guarantee as to what one year will hold. None of us knows what the future holds, do we? And yes, we want to hope for the best. We ought to hope for the best. But listen, our slogans do not and cannot create for us the year that we would like it to be. So here's the question we must answer. And this is what God put on my heart for us today, I believe. What if 2021 is no easier than was 2020? Oh, pastor, don't say that. But what if that's the case? What does that mean to us as people who call ourselves Christians? What if 2021 is not our best year yet? What if it's not a year of victory, of success, of health and wealth, of blessing, revival of the new you, but instead a year that's filled with continued challenges? Does that mean God has disappointed us? Does that mean that God has somehow failed us? Does that mean we ought to throw in the towel on our faith in Christ? Most importantly, how are we to live our lives in the midst of a world that constantly, continually throws at us all kinds of challenges? How ought we live our lives when we find ourselves faced with a mix of both the good and the bad that life can bring our way? Because, you see, life is about so much more than motivating slogans. In fact, I have a hard time picturing Jesus or Peter or Paul coming up with slogans as they turn from one year to the next in order to get the church pumped up. They were more honest, I think, about the realities of life. And the believers in the New Testament church didn't really expect life on this earth to be all that easy for them, especially considering the environment in which they live. Instead, we, we, we preached about it, we spoke about it last week, they were looking ahead to the return of their Savior, Jesus. Amen? And I've come to see that the ministry of the church and the fellowship of, of the believers is about so much more than slogans. In the end, we can come up with all the heart-pumping slogans we want, but life is going to happen. And we as God's people will need to decide ahead of time how we're going to respond to life, whether or not we're going to live as the people of God in the midst of the, the mix of the good and the bad that life throws our way. And so I want to speak to us today at the start of this new year about how it is we as the people of God are called to live our lives, whether this next year, 2021, turns out to be a good one or a difficult one or most likely a mix of the two. 
we might say this this ought to be our New Year's resolution as God's people. And the first is this, that we will live by faith, that we will live by faith. That is, we must resolve now that we will live our lives always trusting in and relying upon God, believing that he will be with us to help us through this life, to help us through whatever life brings our way and help us on into the life to come. That is, ultimately, he will save us. And we must live our lives filled with faith. The Apostle Paul wrote these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. They're some of my favorite verses here in the New Testament. But he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Therefore we do not lose heart, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And on into chapter 5, he writes these words, For we live by faith and not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. You see, the Apostle Paul, he writes of the troubles this world, of this world as being light and momentary. Not because he was downplaying the difficulties of life, but because he was comparing them to the eternal blessings that he knew God had in store for him and for all who believed. And notice that in the midst of his words on the difficulties of life and the hope of heaven, that he writes those words that we so often quote, for we live by faith and not by sight. In other words, our faith in God and in his son, Jesus Christ, is not based on what's happening in our world around us. Our faith is not based on whether or not life is turning out the way we want it to. But our faith is based on what God has promised us, especially the rewards that are found in the world that is yet unseen. And throughout the scriptures, God's people are called to be people of faith, are they not? Paul, he he says that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness, as Abraham, by faith, left his homeland for a land that he did not know. And later on, he was willing to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. He did it all by faith. We see Jesus acting in response to the faith of those around him. We hear Jesus calling people to faith and challenging those who seem to lack faith. And Jesus, he asked a question one day, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? Jesus teaches on faith, saying, listen, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, that you'll be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, for nothing will be impossible. In other words, listen, church, you don't need to have a big amount of faith. You don't need to be the superstar faith guy. Just a small amount of faith is honored by God. Just a small amount of faith Romans 5 1 says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 1 17, the righteous shall live by faith. In Hebrews 11, we have a whole chapter written to encourage the believers to live as people of faith, constantly trusting God in the midst of persecutions and, and the difficulties they were facing. And Peter writing to a church that was in the midst of great suffering, he writes these words, through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. 
We, we might say this morning that faith is the gas that starts and then empowers our relationship with God. You know, you can have that brand new car, a beautiful car. The engine is in place. Everything is there, right? right? But, you know, that car doesn't start up and it doesn't go anywhere till it gets its first gallon of gas. And that same car doesn't keep on going unless it continues to be filled with, that, with gas, in the same way, our salvation and our relationship with God, it begins with faith, not our works, not our religious duty. And it's that same faith that then keeps our relationship with God going. It's that same faith that keeps our relationship with God alive. And thus we are called to live lives of faith. And so no matter what happens in life, no matter what happens in 2021, good or bad, we need to resolve today that we will continue to believe that Jesus is God's son and our savior and the savior of all who believe. That we will continue to trust God with our lives, believing that the Lord is good and his mercy, his, his love endure forever and ever. And that we will continue to believe that God will make good on all of his promises, especially those for the life to come, for heaven for the coming of the kingdom of God, for the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, as people of faith, we refuse to throw in the towel, but rather we say with the writer to the Hebrews, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Can someone say amen this morning? And so we commit ourselves this morning at the beginning of 2021 that no matter what happens in this next year, we are going to live as people of faith. We're going to live as people of faith. But secondly, we're going to resolve that we will live in the right way. We will live in the right way. You know, James writes these words, James chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. He writes, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if... Someone claims to have faith but has no deeds. In other words, you made a resolution to right, live by faith. But he says, well, but here's the next part. Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. And then he ends this section by saying, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Paul writes to the Galatians of faith expressing itself through love. Peter wrote, 1 Peter 4, that, that those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator, that's faith, and continue to do good. That's action. You see, the Bible teaches us that although we're not saved by our works, but by our faith, that does not mean that we can go on to live our lives any way we like. But rather, our faith is meant to affect the way we live our lives. So no matter what happens in life, we will always live our lives as Christians, as followers of Jesus. In other words, we will walk the talk. Amen? We'll walk the talk. What does that look like? You remember a few years back, there were those bracelets, WWJD, right? You remember what that stood for? What would Jesus do? WWJD. And I know it sounds a little cliche by now, but it's not necessarily a bad place to start. 
For as we look at how Jesus lived his life, we see him rejecting hypocrisy and religiosity in favor of compassion, forgiveness, humility, servanthood, and ministry to those who are in need. What would Jesus do? Well, that's maybe a good starting point. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul lists what we call the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of which display themselves by means of how we actually live our lives. How do you know somebody, somebody has goodness? Well, you'll see it in their life pretty quickly, won't you? How do you know if someone has patience? Well, just, just walk a little too slowly with them. You'll find out. 1 Corinthians 13 Right, We have their, their, um, Paul's treaty, we might say, on love. And, and you find that he describes love in some very practical ways, that, ways that show whether or not we are really people of love, being patient, being kind, humble, not self-seeking, not easily angered, and so forth. And we don't have time to go through an exhaustive list of, of scriptures that speak to us of how we as Christians are to live our lives. But it becomes very clear that followers of Jesus, listen, right, followers of Jesus live their lives as followers of Jesus. Filled with integrity and honesty, purity, peaceful, just, filled with compassion, putting the needs of others ahead of their own. Ultimately, we live as servants living according to love. James writes, if you really keep the royal law in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. Oh, that God's people would live in this way, huh? And I was wondering this week as I was, as I was considering the Scriptures here, could it be that maybe today in the church we are missing out on the blessings of God? Not because we're not having the right kind of altar services or this or that, but but because we're not living the way God has called us to live, how can we expect the blessings of God to come upon us when we're not living the way he's asked us to live? Now, I know it's so easy for us to fall into the, the ways of the world around us, especially when life gets tough. And so we end up pushing and shoving and forcing our way upon those around us. And rather than living in humility and compassion and love, we fight and we scream and we insist on our opinions being heard and accepted by everyone. And rather than being peacemakers, we feed into the conflict of the day. Or how many, how many, how many people today, even Christians, end up living their lives pursuing one pleasure after another, one more material blessing after another, and thus we, we do all we can to just kind of get for ourselves. But listen, church, God has called us to live in a different way, has he not? He's called us to live as his children. The Bible says that we are children of light, not children of darkness. And so no matter what 2021 might bring our way, whether it's good or bad, we are called to live as followers of Jesus Christ. We are called to live in the right way. At the start of this new year, let's resolve that we are going to live as God has called us to live. Can someone say amen? Thirdly, I believe we need to resolve that we will live as people of worship. Right? We, we, we already read in Habakkuk chapter 3 at, at the start of this message. And those words, you see, were Habakkuk's commitment to give praise to God no matter what happened in life, even in the midst of the difficult things that might come his way. 
And notice Habakkuk's words. Though the fig tree doesn't bud, though there are no grapes on the vine. And some Christians today would say, Habakkuk, where's your faith? How could you speak such negative words, such negative confession? Aren't you believing God to pour out his blessings into your life? But in actuality, when you read his words, Habakkuk's words, even though yet I even though yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I'll be joyful in God, my savior. Those those words are filled with much more faith than the person who lives their life merely by positive confession that too often disappoints. For real faith always leads to worship, especially in the midst of difficult times. Habakkuk's words remind me of the Apostle Paul's words. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord when? Come on, church, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice, not just when things are going good, right? Ephesians 5, right, 19 through 20, Paul says, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5 eight, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Just start giving thanks to God no matter what's happening in life. Oh, I think this morning of Paul and Silas sitting in that jail cell. Hey, God, we didn't bargain for this. We're doing your will. We're, 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 we're living as men of faith. We're preaching the gospel. And there they are in that jail cell. But remember what they did? They began to sing hymns and songs of praise. And listen, they, they didn't wait till after the place was shaken and they were, you know, released. They began to worship God in the midst of the darkness of that cell. Well, the apostles, along with the early church, they never expected life to be filled with one success after the other. They knew that life could throw at them some pretty harsh curveballs. And yet they, they also knew that as God's people, they were meant to be people of worship, giving to God thanksgiving and praise no matter what happened in life. And so whether we're in our own private time before the Lord or in the sanctuary with the congregation, it ought to be natural for us to worship God, to lift up praise to him, to rejoice in him, to give our thanks to him, no matter what kind of week we've had beforehand, no matter what's happening in our lives or in our world, no matter what the newscasters are, are saying is happening, Happening. Today, at the start of this year, I believe we need to resolve that we will be people who will live as people of worship. Amen. And finally, this morning, we need to resolve that we will be people who will live with hope. We will live with hope. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 8. And I say this because at the beginning of this message, Right? I say, you know, we we have our hopes, our dreams, our expectations, you know, and, you know, that's, you know, and our slogans. And I think, um, you know, I don't want to put a damper on hope in any way, but I think our hope needs to be focused this morning. Our hope needs to be focused because the Apostle Paul wrote this in Romans chapter eight. And listen, listen to his words, beginning of verse twenty two. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. That is, all the troubles, right, cause this world to groan. Not only so, but we ourselves, we're in the same state, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to, our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. In other words, if you already have it, you have nothing to hope for. 
For who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. You see, the people of God are people of hope. But notice our hope is not, oh, hope for a better year or hope for more success or for health, wealth, for hope for the new you, you know. Our hope, Paul says, is for the redemption of our bodies. That is our final salvation. Our hope is found in the promises of God being fulfilled. That one day, yeah, as we as we continue to live as people of faith, as we continue to live our lives as God has called us to live them, as we continue to worship God, no matter what the situation or circumstances are, that one day we will see our Savior. And we will receive a crown of eternal life. Come on, church. Hebrews 10.23 says this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we, we profess. For he who promised is faithful. As Paul writes of the hope of salvation that's been bought to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote, Paul wrote elsewhere of the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. And he wrote, speaks of our blessed hope, the, the appearing of the glory of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, listen, church, no matter what happens in the year to come, be it good or bad, um, we, we must continue to live our lives filled with hope. For in the end, our hope is not found in this world. It's not found. Our hope is not found in whether or not you have a year of health and wealth. It's not found in, 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 in whether or not things go the way we want them to or whether or not our slogans come to be. But our hope is found in that which God has prepared for us within his household, the good things that he has in store for us in his kingdom. And thus, we must determine now at the beginning of this year that even if life throws to us some pretty difficult curveballs, that we will not give in to despair. That we will not give in to despair. But instead, we will live our lives filled with hope because we know the God in whom we have put our trust. He is faithful and he will take us through it all. And one day we will be with him. Come on, church. Will you say amen? Hallelujah. We must determine now that we will live as people of hope. And so, yeah, for sure, 2020 has been a difficult year for us all. But like most years, maybe it had a few more difficulties and complications, right? But it was also a year that had some good, did it not? Right? I mean, I think about my own life. Yeah, it was a stressful year, right? It was a difficult year. But, you know, I also became a grandpa, right? My daughter got engaged, and now 2021 is starting, and we're still in the midst of a pandemic, but we're going to have a wedding, right? And think of special times with the family, and some people are saying, well, they got forced to work from home, and wow, but they got to be with their kids or their husband, their wife, maybe more than they ever bargained for, right? <laughs> but listen, whether there are good things coming into our lives or some difficult things, we're called to be people who will live as the people of God. We need to resolve now that we will live as his people 
we will live our lives filled with faith, always doing what's right before him, always giving praise and thanksgiving and worship to God, and always filled with hope. I ask you this morning, how will you live in 2021? We don't know what the year is going to hold. Our slogans won't turn the year into what we want it to be, but but think of what our relationship with God and our relationships with one another and the effect we can have upon our world will be if as God's people, we would live as God's people. And so church, let's live as people of faith. Let's, let's do the right thing. Let's worship God even in the midst of hard times. And let's live our lives filled with hope no matter what 2021 might bring our way. Will you bow your heads with me? The worship team will come. And even now as we, in just a moment, we'll share in the broken bread and the poured cup. Would you just take a moment to pray and just offer your life to God? Won't you right now, whether you're here in the sanctuary or online with us, won't you just say, God, I want to be the man. I want to be the woman. I want to be the young person. I want to be the the mom, the dad, the husband, the wife that you would have me to be in this coming year. And so today, Lord, I commit myself to live a life of faith, trusting you in and all and through all things, believing that you're a God who will always be with me. Today, at the start of this new year, I commit myself to living the way you've called me to live. I ask you to forgive me for the selfishness of this past year and for maybe maybe the ways I, I kind of forced myself on others and, and, and even the, 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 the bitterness and and the hatred that, I've, that I allowed to well up in my hearts and the negative, negative thoughts of others. But today, I give myself to you, to living a life of compassion, of purity, of justice, of mercy, of servanthood, of love. And today, I commit myself to worship you when I'm alone in my private times with you. When I find myself in the house of the Lord, or even viewing a service online, but I commit myself to worshiping you. When I'm on the mountaintops and everything is going great, and worshiping you just the same when I find myself in the valley facing even that valley called the shadow of death. But I will worship you. I will rejoice in God, my Savior. And I commit myself this morning that I will not give in to despair, but I will live with the hope that you've placed in me, that I will hold on to the hope you've given to me through Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior, that I will allow your Holy Spirit time and again to fill my heart and mind with renewed hope. Lord, as I as I hear you just speaking to my heart and reminding me 
my hope is not found in this world, the things that I can achieve or the things that this world can give to me, but ultimately, ultimately my hope is found in Christ my Savior and that which he purchased for me on the cross of Calvary, the eternal life that he's promised to me, the robe of righteousness, the joy of your Holy Spirit, a new kingdom in which there is no more pain or suffering, no more tears, the redemption of our bodies. Lord, so today we thank you that you're a faithful God. We just pray that you would help us, help us as we step into this new year in the midst of the good things that we know are going to come because we are, God, I know you have blessings for your people. But even in the midst of the difficult things that we might be living with, that we will live in 2021 as people who honor you, people who honor our Savior each and every step of the way, and people who through our lives, the words we speak and the things we do, will bring blessing, even the the blessing of the gospel to the world around us. So we thank you for your great love. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray.